0: Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Give it a funeral and move on. Give it a funeral and move on. If you're taking notes, that is the title of today's message. During the middle of the summer, in the month of July, Katie and I got COVID. And so we had to quarantine for a few weeks. And as we quarantined for a few weeks, we did what multiple people and many of you guys have done or are doing As you're quarantining, you you binge watch a show on Netflix. And my Netflix show this summer, I am proud to say, was a show called The Crown. So anybody fans of The Crown at any of our locations? Okay, four of you guys, thank you very much for that. I admitted this on my, I do a leadership podcast and I talked about it on my leadership podcast and I got a lot of laughs and people said, how did you watch the show? But I loved it. And if you're like me, when you watch the show, which has become wildly popular, you're sitting there watching the show and at the same time you're through Wikipedia researching everything there is to know about the British monarchy. And I, I became a scholar of British monarchy and started studying all of these stories. And the story of today's And today's message is is not about Queen Elizabeth. It's about actually her great great grandmother, and her name is Queen Victoria. Queen Victoria, she ruled the British Empire from 1837 to 1901. 63 years she ruled the British Empire, which is um, the second longest ruling. Uh, The only one that's ruled longer than that is Queen Elizabeth. And her story is interesting and it caught my attention not because of what she did as the ruler of the british empire but because of her love story to a guy named by the name of francis albert now the francis albert and her meet in 1939 as he shows up to windsor castle and when he showed up there the, the the diaries that they found of her said that she was smitten by him come on that, that's just one of those things you, you just have they're just smitten they're all, all excited and, and she is so taken back by this guy that she summoned, summons him to the castle five days later and proposes to him come on talk about aggressive right there <laughs> aggressive and he said yes because if not off with his head no that's not how it works so this, this romance starts, they ended up getting married on February the 10th in 1840. And she journals, she, she writes in her diary about her wedding and her wedding night and, and her love for Prince Albert. It says it like this, I have never, never spent such an evening, my dearest, dear, dear Albert, His excessive love and affection gave me feelings of heavenly love and happiness I could have never hoped to have felt before. He clasped me in his arms, and we kissed each other again and again. Yeah, it's going to get weird today, all right? (laughs) His beauty, his sweetness, and gentleness. Really, how can I ever be thankful enough to have such a husband? Katie wrote very similar things in her journal. (laughs) Oh, this is the happiest day of my life. This is, this is the, the top moment of her life as she writes this. The love story obviously was really good because nine months later, she gave birth to her namesake who carry her name on, which is Princess Victoria. And, and then the marriage continued to be wonderful and beautiful because they didn't just have one, two, three, four, five, six. They had nine children together. Come on, they enjoyed that marriage right there. You would think that the love story would continue on, but a tragedy happened after 21 years of marriage, nine kids later, Prince Albert contracted typhoid fever and he dies. Victoria entered a period of profound grief that she would never recover from. She had Albert's room turned into a shrine and every day for the rest of her life, she had the linens changed in his bed. She had his clothes laid out and she would put a basin of water poured there for him to do his morning shave. She even slept with Albert's nightshirt in her arms, and she would rarely leave the castle, and she was given the nickname the Widow of Windsor because she was rarely seen, and when she was, she only wore black and a widow's cap. I can't imagine the pain that, Elizabeth experienced, but now, a century and a half or so later, historians continually continually define her life, not based on the, the rule that she had over England, but define it based on this one tragedy that kept her from moving on and leading for the rest of her life. You see, I believe that Queen Victoria owed it to her Empire. She owed it to her family. She owed it to her children. She owed it to herself. And I even believe she owed it to her God to realize that despite the fact that she has lived through a terrible tragedy, she still has purpose and destiny on her life and she cannot let that tragedy define her anymore. But here's the case. The case is that many of us are in the same predicament with our lives. We have had a tragedy, an event, a loss, a failure happen in our life, maybe even in the last 12 months, and that one failure, that one death in our life has kept you from truly living forward. Far too many many people, write it down in your notes this way, let the death of one thing in their life become the death of everything in their life. And we all know people that have let that happen. They let that death of, of a loved one, the death of a job, the death of the business, the death of the marriage, the death of of, of the dream, and, and because it died, you died. With it, And I'm not trying to sound callous, and I'm not trying to just g- say, get over it. I am saying, though, that this is a moment that I believe God has brought you into church, into this service, for such a time as this, because it is your day to give that thing a funeral and learn how to move on to the greatness that God has for your life. Come on, give them better praise than that today, church. And that is where we pick up on the story of Jacob. Jacob, if you don't know the backstory, he was on a journey one day and he comes to a well, and at this well, there is a, a shepherd girl named Rachel who shows up to the well. Come on, how many know? That's a, a good old working woman right there. So that's attractive. So he goes up to this to this girl, and she's she's a shepherd, and she's he's, he goes up to her, and the Bible tells us that he's so kind of captured by her that he just goes and plants a giant kiss on her and wept. Right there. Come on, how many, that's how you know that she, he was homeschooled, right? Because like, <laughs> you're just, you're crying after that first kiss right there. So that's funny if you ask me. So, so he, he falls in love with Rachel. He goes to Rachel's dad and says, hey, listen, I want to marry your daughter. And he says, that's fine, but you got to work for me for seven years. So like free labor. Now, I have four daughters. I am totally applying that biblical principle to my life. Like, I've got things around my house I'm not even working on. I'm letting them get even worse and worse around the house just because I'm going to have so much free labor in Jesus' name. It's going to be awesome. So Jacob, uh, Jacob is so in love. He says, fine, I'll work for seven years for Rachel. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. And he goes and he works for seven years. After seven years, uh, the father-in-law says, all right, here you go. And he gives gives his daughter, but he doesn't give Rachel. He gives the daughter called Leah. Now, I don't want to be mean. I'm going to quote the Bible. The Bible says, Leah was weak on the eyes. You interpret that whatever way you want to interpret that, okay? I just know I wouldn't, be, wouldn't want to be called weak on the eyes. So Jacob was like, this isn't what I asked for. Like, that's not what I worked for. The Bible is entertaining. You to read it. It's awesome. So, so he's like, this isn't what I asked for. And so she, he, goes, he goes, oh, you wanted Rachel. <laughs> she ain't weak on the eyes and she ain't worth no seven years. You got to work another seven years for Rachel. And he goes, I'm so in love. I'll do it. Works 14 years for this girl. And, and as he works and they finally get married and they go to have children. They can't have children together. So Jacob ends up having children with other women. I don't recommend that. That's not healthy for your marriage. Caused lots of tension in their relationship also. So as, as she's frustrated, she's, she's upset that she can't have his children. Finally, God grants them a child. His name is Joseph. That's the first child that is given between Jacob and Rachel. And Joseph, y'all know, ends up being the person that takes over all of Egypt. And it's crucial in the development of, of the children of Israel. So Joseph is such a world changer. And then we hear the story that as they're on this journey, they're on a high of life. And Jacob just had this encounter with God. And right after that, the story says this phrase right here in Genesis 35, verse 19. So Rachel, as she's giving birth to their second child, she died. She died. I I have some news for some people today. There's going to be times in your life that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. Doesn't mean you you sin too bad or you mess up too much. That there's going to be things in your life that you love that end up dying. It's a sad reality. The the dream dies. The business dies. The the plans die. The the friend dies. the, The loved one dies. And here's what's super crucial, because I'm going to help you move on today, but we can't move on until we get to this first point, write it down in your notes. It's simply that you've got to accept reality. And accepting reality, it's right there in your notes, doesn't determine the level of your faith. So many people have this weird, messed up view of faith that if you say the reality of what's going on in your life, you're speaking negative and you're speaking curses over yourself. That stuff is so crazy. It's so weird, like we talk with people and they're like, how's it going? Well, I don't wanna say what's really going on because because I don't wanna speak negative over my situation. It's not speaking negative, it's talking about reality. Reality is there's some things in your life that have died and it doesn't determine your level of faith to speak reality and the reality is that Rachel died It's a hard thing that happened. It's something that shouldn't happen. It's it's a tragedy. It's one of those things we won't understand until we get to heaven. But here it is. I want you to get this. It doesn't determine your level of faith, but it does determine the potential of your future. Because there are so many people that are living in la-la land in their mind and they, they won't get back to the reality that that dream is dead, that person it, it's, it's no longer with them, the divorce happened and it's over and you're still holding on to this glimmer of hope and the reality you need to get to today is God wants you to move on but you can't move on until you accept the reality of what happened in your life. Here's how we've said it many times in our church is that we cannot change what we're unwilling to confront. Now, I just want you to confront an issue in your life today is what's died? What is it? What are those hopes? What's that dream? What's that plan that you put all your energy towards? You put all your, your passion towards and it just didn't work out the way you wanted it to work out. First step in you moving on is to accept the reality that it is dead and maybe you won't know why until you get to heaven one day. And that's what happens in his life. He, he has to accept the reality that Rachel died and maybe you need to accept the reality that the business closed the divorce happened the spouse cheated the child left the addiction returned the passion dwindled the cancer returned the dream died things die in our life and we have to accept the reality sometimes and it's not fair There was a a, a lady who had a, a child in my youth group years ago and he got diagnosed with cancer 15 years old and she was believing God, praying, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. We, we got in her midst and like we would get around her. She's like, you're not even allowed to speak the word cancer around him. I'm like, like I, and I get it. She wanted so much to create an atmosphere of faith, but she would re- remove like even the reality. Like she would stop the doctors from doing even kind of certain kind of treatments because she was so set on the fact that no, no, no. I won't even believe that it's there because I know God would never allow something like this. So she was so, so struck on this idea that he's not even sick and then he ends up dying, 16 years old. I remember like we had to plead, beg her to do a funeral because she wouldn't bury the child. She wouldn't bury, it. like I was, I was talking about Like you have to have a funeral, you have to do this. She was so stuck, on no, 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 Aaron, no, 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 he's just sleeping, he's gonna come back to life. He's going he's, he's to be fine. He, 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 we can't put him in the ground because how will we know? Like when he comes back to life, this is the conversations that I had with her as a young youth pastor, And I realized, man, there's something about the fact that things die in our life and we have to come to reality that it's just over. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened with, with Jacob as, as Rachel died. But it didn't end there. The story says in verse 19, so Rachel died and was buried. He had a moment where he was able to have a time where they could grieve. They could mourn. They could put up, you know, do a, do a funeral service for her. And this is so crucial in your life when there's dreams and hopes and plans and people that die in your life that you take that proper time and you grieve. For some reason in our culture today, especially in church culture, we put on this like fake it world. Everything's good. How are you doing? Oh, pastor, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm highly favored. I'm like, your friend just died. Cry a little bit. Grieve a little bit. Like, that is why radiant groups are so crucial. You better have some people around your life that you can grieve with, you can cry with, you can laugh with. But you can have some moments where you can get real with them. And this is why a funeral is so necessary. People are shocked when, when death does happen. We've had tragedies in our church. And one of my first conversations with them is, hey, let's work on the arrangements. And they go, I'm going to need time before I do that. And they think I'm in a hurry to bury them. But here's what the, cru- the truth is, is that a proper funeral isn't focused on you being in a hurry. It's not about just getting over it. A proper funeral is focused on you being healthy. And, and you have to have some kind of moment where you get healthy and, and you grieve and you cry a little bit. And this isn't just about people that die. This is about a lot of things in your life that just didn't work out the way you wanted it to work out you thought you were getting engaged and he calls it off grieve that a little bit cry about it a little bit i remember there was a building in south tampa area that i desperately wanted i thought god told us we were going to have it we were marching around it and declaring god's word over it and i was all excited until i found out somebody else bought it I was so angry, I was so frustrated, and I remember the the advice the Lord gave me during that time is, hey, take a few moments, grieve it, give it a funeral for your life. Like, have this this moment where you just kind of work it out. The Bible says it this way in Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything. So there's a time that we can laugh, and there's a time that we we were born, there's time that things die, there's a time that we can weep. There's a time that we can laugh, a time we can mourn, a time to dance. Understand there's a time for you to just get serious about the fact of, it didn't work out the one I, I wanted to work out. And you've got to deal with that stuff in your life. Write it down your notes this way because before flipping the page on the past, you have to give dead yesterdays a proper burial. I think that some of you guys, here are just so over 2020, you haven't had a chance to even think about the fact of like, have I put it to rest in my soul? Like, have I really evaluated it and really grieved over it and really cried over it? Having these moments where you're letting yourself actually through the grieving process. I love that about the, the, the Jewish culture, because the Jewish culture celebrated, encouraged a season of grief. We see it all throughout the Bible where they would take seasons, four days, seven days. Um, Jacob, our guy in our story, when he died, his son took 40 days to grieve his father. My kids, they know the, 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 the minimum is four months. Four months, the minimum. You as a church, it's at least a year. Weep and grieve. Well, it's important. We let these moments happen. But I think what's crucial throughout Scripture is that you see that there was a moment and a time for grieving. And then throughout the, whole, throughout the Scripture, as you hear this phrase, when the time of mourning had come to an end. Then they moved on. Then they went forward. Listen, a season of grief is necessary. Write it down in your notes. A season of grief is necessary. We all need that. And we're going to have that today. You're going to have a season of grief where you're able to just really get it out, cry it out, work it out in your mind. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. But a life of grief is destructive. And that's what Victoria did. She ended up, instead of taking a season of grief and made it into a life of grief of grief. I, I love NFL Hall of Famer Emmett Smith says it this way. He had a 24 hour rule, win or lose. And here's what it was. He gave himself 24 hour window, write it down your notes, to celebrate the win or lament the loss. And I think it's a great time, great thing for you to practice. You're frustrated, you're angry it didn't work out, maybe you're in church today just so upset because of how it worked out. Let me just encourage you, take some time to lament the loss, grieve and give it to the Lord and then make a point of your life to say, I've now done it, I've buried it, I've given it a funeral and now I'm moving on to what God has for me next. Come on, give them better praise than that today, amen? As the story goes that the love of his life, Rachel... She died, she was buried, and then there's this crucial phrase that I think God has for you, and isn't it crazy? It's verse 21. What are you, why don't you make it your 2021 verse? Israel moved on. Can we say it loud? Israel did what? On. Oh, say it one more time at every location. Israel did what? On. Oh, he moved on, and he made it a point, okay, as tragic as that is, I'm moving on. And here's what moving on means, because it sounds callous if you're talking about your friends or your family members that actually physically die. But moving on is not about forgetting what you lost. It's not about, because you feel guilty. When you you bury a loved one or you bury some business or you bury that, that dream, you feel guilty about it. Because you're going, I I just don't want it to be all for nothing. I don't want to forget it. But moving on, is not about forgetting what you lost. It's about focusing on what you have left. And somehow Victoria couldn't see this. But Jacob could in our scriptures. He saw what he had left, that he still had potential, in him. 12 sons, and he had destiny and a future ahead of him, and he made up his mind, despite how tragic this is, I'm moving on because I serve a God who continually tells me the best is yet to come, so I'm not gonna just say it, I'm gonna believe it, and even if it's tragic now, I believe I'm gonna be triumphant in the future. Come on, give him better praise than that today, church. <laughs> Isaiah says it this way, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. And then he says this phrase, see, I am doing a new thing. Radiant, can I declare it over your life today? God is doing a new thing. I know there's some struggles you've had. I know last year didn't work out the way you wanted it to work out. But I want you to know God has brought you here because he wants to do a new thing. You're going to recognize what died. You're going to bury it. And then you're going to move on to the greatness that God has for your life. Does anybody believe it? Say yes. yes. Here's why. Because write it down in your notes. If I still have a pulse then I just believe God still has a plan. And the worst thing you could do is to let the death of that one thing become the death of everything in your life. It's not over. So here's the question I want to ask you today. I think it's a crucial question. What needs a funeral in your life? What needs a funeral in your life? And I want you to answer it. What is that thing that you have just Kept sitting there going, well, I, I hope it makes it. I'm, I'm, I'm still holding on to the little bit of hope. And I'm, what's that thing you just need to release and let it die? Because maybe you're holding on to the past and God's asking you to let it go so that you can take hold of the future that God has for you. What needs a funeral in your life? So, so what, if, what if we turned this environment at every location and actually had a funeral for whatever you need to bury today? So I think to do that, I need a little help from our production teams, our, our video teams. I, I need a better scenario because this is like preaching experience. So help me out with like a better backdrop, okay? Let's let's get it, oh, that helps me a little bit. That's like, that's pretty awesome. And so if I'm gonna do a funeral here at Radiant Church, then, then I need some flowers. Oh, beautiful. Look at that, we got some flowers for the things that, that you're gonna bury today at church. And I think the only way to properly have a funeral, we got the flowers, we got the preacher, we got the backdrop. Oh, can we get a casket? Okay, I think we need a casket for whatever we're going to bury today at our services today. Thank you guys so much. All right, so we're going to have a little casket here. I think that'd be important. Oh, we got little smoke. What about this? That seemed good. So I think I'm ready to to do a funeral for whatever. We got even the smoke coming up like this is a little you're like, what church did I walk into today? I want I, I want to help you on a preacher funeral to some of the things that you need to to let die as you go into 20. Twenty-one. I, I can't preach a funeral like this. I look like a little hipster preacher. Come on, I need I need a little bit of help in this, okay? So great, okay? If I'm gonna preach a funeral, I got to do it right, okay? Oh, hope you don't ever have to see me like this. <laughs> you won't be here anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's, that's funny, all right? That's the last funeral joke, all right? All right, all right, all right. Can we, can we have a moment? Because I, I honestly think this could be a crucial moment to so many of your lives. As we, we've set that, we've got the scenario here. We've got the situation here. We've got the, we got the music. We've got the casket. What is it that you need to bury in your life? What is it that if you could walk into the rest of 2021 without that's the thing you laid down today? Maybe for your life, it's some, it's some disappointment. Some things in your life that you you thought would work out one way and it didn't. You thought that the marriage would stay together. It didn't work out the way you want. Your your expectation was high for those friends and they didn't live up to it. You're walking around with some disappointment. What if today you took disappointment and you laid it in the casket, you removed it out of your life, and you walked into 2021 and said, I'm not going to be focused on disappointment anymore because that's died. I'm going to be focused with expectation, knowing that God has the best still in store for my life. Maybe you need to bury some disappointment today. Oh, some of you guys, I think you need to bury this. Can we get real? Because some of you guys, you're, you're so upset. They didn't call you back. They didn't invite you to their wedding. They, they, they did that business, that partnership with you and you thought it would work out so well and it didn't work out. And you're so mad. You you can't even give the kind of love you want to give and the kind of the kind of trust you want to give because you're just so stinking offended. You're so mad of who they voted for or, or what they believed or what they said. And you've got to let it die today, kill it. Put it in the casket and live a life free from offense because you can forgive them. Guess what? Because our standard of forgiveness is not based on if people are okay with us and ask us for forgiveness. Our standard for releasing offense is based on what Jesus has released over our lives. He has forgiven us. We will forgive other people. Release the offense today. And let it die. Put it in the casket. could be the most important thing you do this whole year, It's today you make a decision to release that hurt. Let it die. We're going to bury it. Oh, this one's tough. Because I don't understand a lot of this. I don't understand why the loved one died. I don't understand why the business closed. I I don't understand it all. But I choose to trust the unknown things of this world to a very known God. Some of you guys, you're living, holding on to the fact that that loss happened and that struggle happened and, and that thing's out of your life and you've said statements like this, I'll never be normal again because that's not in my life anymore. Don't believe that lie. Don't, don't, don't do what Victoria did and live an entire life based on the fact of one event that shouldn't have happened, that was terrible, but it'll let it affect the rest of her life. Why don't you bury that loss today? And it's not about the fact that we're forgetting the loss. It's about the fact that we're focusing on what was left, that we still have greatness and we still have potential and we still have kids that we got to raise and we still got we had generations that got to be impacted. I know it's tough for you, but release the loss today. Give it a funeral and move on. I'm going do a couple more. Y'all okay with this? Some of y'all really need this one. Oh, man, that the person abused you, the job mistreated you, the church didn't handle something right, what you experienced in the military, and you you can't sleep well, you can't, you can't even, you can't love well, you, 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 your whole life is defined by that one trauma. And I'm telling you, I'm a firm believer God brought you to church today to give that trauma a funeral and to move on to what God has for you next. I'm not saying that trauma didn't exist. I'm saying that trauma can't define your life anymore. And if it does define your life, here's how I want it to define your life, that you are now stepping into other people's lives who've had that same trauma and saying, let me show you how I buried it so that I have freedom and you can have the same freedom. Trauma doesn't have to stay any longer. We can be free because of Christ Jesus. Can I hear better? Amen. One more, one more, one more, one more. Because this is a big one. Maybe it was last year. Maybe it was when you applied for college. Maybe it was the relationship you just came out of. Maybe it's your fast this week. <laughs> I know who you are. I just can't, I need to bury it. I realize that failure is an event. It's not who I am. And, and when I realize that failure is an event that I can bury then I realized that, listen, I can experience defeat, but I'm not defeated. And I can experience failure, but I'm not a failure. And I'm not going to let it define my life anymore. And and you might have tried to do that business and it got bankrupt and you're letting the failure of the past keep you from the destiny of your future. You might have tried to get in a healthy relationship but they abused you. So you're letting the failure of the past keep you from the greatness in the future. You might have tried to be part of a church but then there was some failure that happened and, and you're letting the failure of the past keep you from the potential of the future. Here's the word from God today. It's bury that let it go into the grave shut it, let it die with last year and let it move out of your life because I believe today God is letting you bury some things and he's raising you to life so that you can experience all that he has for your life. Here's the good news about the gospel ready? The gospel says this, therefore if anyone is in Christ they are a new creation the old has gone the new is here. So here's what happens, okay? I can't preach with this thing. Here's a reason why I get like, I sweat too much. All right, here's what happens. Ready? When you bury those things that should be buried, God resurrects the things that should be resurrected. You see, he, he's not going to bury them for you because that's the natural thing that you can do. But he can resurrect the things that only he can resurrect. He can resurrect the future. He can resurrect the potential. He can resurrect the greatness. So I don't know what it is in your life. You need to bury some things. Come on, at every location, let's stand to our feet. Let's begin to submit it. Let's begin to release it to the Lord and say, God, we give you our past give you those struggles. We give you those issues. And as we lay them down, we take hold of what you have. You have greatness. You have potential. You have destiny. You have freedom. You have forgiveness in store for us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Come on, let's sing it at every location. recognize when it's died accept reality you gotta, you gotta give it a funeral you gotta move on I want you to think of that thing that you're just you're just so stuck on the fact that it died you're so upset it didn't work out the way you wanted it to work out I want you to let it come to your mind let the Holy Spirit reveal it some of you know it's, it was a miscarriage that you just don't understand it was a relationship that you thought would work out it's a career path that you were sold on the fact of how it was going to work. It didn't work. Can you release it to the Lord right now? Can you, can you bury it? Can you just say, God, I give it to you? I don't understand it. I don't, I don't know why it happened, but I'm burying it here. July, January 17th, 2021. I'm burying it. I, I don't, I'm, I'm mad it happened, but I'm not going to carry it into the rest of this year. I'm not gonna carry it into the greatness that you have for me in the future. We release it to the Lord right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that as people are releasing it to you, that they would feel that weight lifted off of their life. That anxiety release, that fear release, that, that whatever's held them back is releasing right now at every location. To experience, all that you have for them. And now we make a decision today. We're moving on. Come on, right there in your seat, just say that exact decision. Say, God, I'm moving on. I'm going towards what you have left. I, I'm mad it didn't work out, but I'm going towards what you have left for me. Lord, I thank you that truly that you have planned for each of our lives. And as long as we have a pulse, you continue to have a plan. So use us, change us, transform us. Let us go into the rest of this year in radical victory because of what you've done in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Now with every eye closed, every head bowed, one more group it's people that you don't have a relationship with god it's not those things you need to bury it's it's your life you need to give up your life you need to say god i give you my sin i give you my past i need to give up my will and i need to follow you and it's until we die to ourself that we're able to be resurrected to the new life that we have in christ you see christianity is not about god making bad people good it's about him making dead people live And There's a lot of people you just feel dead on the inside. It's because of sin. It's because you've done life your way. Today's your day to give Jesus your life, your sin, and watch him resurrect you to new life in Christ. If That's you. Today's your day of decision. I want you, on the count of three at every location, throw that hand up, wave it at me, put it right back down and say, today's my day. Today's my day for a decision to follow Jesus. I'm going all in with Jesus. It's my day of salvation. One two, three. Throw those hands up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So many hands all over this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you at Brandon Heights, St. Pete, North Tampa, online. Come on, why don't we all pray this prayer together? Say it out loud. Say, Dear Jesus. Come on, say it loud. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life, my past, my present, and my future. Today, I make a decision to live for you. Thank you for dying for me. Today, you will be my Lord and my Savior. And I'm going to follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate those who just made the best decision ever. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.